Welcome to Psychosocial Cinema, the podcast in which friends, family, and strangers discuss some of their favorite movies while exploring for deeper themes that drive us in the real world. Now, here's your host, Jonathan Hopkins. Good evening, folks. Welcome to another incredible episode of Psychosocial Cinema. Tonight, you know, it's a cheesy night. It's a good night. You know why? Because we have a local Tampa native here who is not only gifted in the arts of creating film, but also consuming high-grade, high-quality pizza. There's a reason I mentioned that. So without further ado, I'm going to introduce my guest for the show tonight, Tampa J. Everyone. Oh, hello. Tampa, why, where do you get that name from? Why Tampa J? Well, at the time, I'm Tampa J because that's my YouTube handle. And I guess I kind of named myself before I even kind of started my channel because I lived in Tampa and my, my name's J. So it kind of had a ring to it living in the Tampa Bay area, Tampa J. And then I started making videos and posting them and it just, it was like, oh, I didn't. Just kind of had a name there. I don't know. Just, just kind of, just kind of happened. It wasn't planned. Gotcha. Yeah. Are you Florida native? Were you born in Florida, or have you lived anywhere else? Uh, no, I was actually a born in Indiana, uh, Newcastle, Indiana, and I lived in, um, born and raised in Hancock and Henry County, and I moved here in 2004. I moved to Clearwater, and uh, shortly after that, I moved to Tampa. And mm-hmm. I lived, so I lived in Tampa a while. Are you familiar with the show Erie, Indiana? Yes, that was awesome. Okay. That was a great show. So as soon as you said that, I knew this yeah. would not be too big of a stretch to ask you that. So thank, <laughs> thank you for knowing what that is. Was it was that a Disney show? Did they I show that at Disney, or was that more of like a Fox or like ABC I, kind of I thing? I think it was on Fox. It does now. Now that you say that, I don't know. It could have been a Disney show. I always remember that uh, Tupperware episode. Do you remember that where the the family would never age and they found out that they were living inside of a Tupperware? Like they they had like a Tupperware bed. It was so bizarre. It's it was, like a Junior Twilight Zone almost. Was, I feel like that's what that show. Yeah, it was definitely Junior Twilight. Very eerie. <laughs> very right. eerie. If you want to hear something else eerie, well, Jay, how did we meet? Oh man, yeah. <laughs> I'm glad we met because I've had an awesome time hanging out with you and having conversations. We have so, I feel like we have um, a little movie bond here. I think it was something to do with movies, mm-hmm. um, particularly. I think you contacted me or vice versa. Ghostbusters, I believe it was, something with that. Yes, and then my, the, I think the epitome of my nerdum came with Robocop, where we finally yes. got. We got our buddy here to hang out with us at Giggle Waters. Right, yes. Shameless plug for them. If you've never been there, that go watch is, a movie. That they, place is awesome. Great cocktails and great movies and good times. Yeah, my wife invited him to go see RoboCop. And she's like, John, why don't you invite Tampa J? But before I get ahead of myself, how did we find out about Tampa J? And why is pizza so closely linked to my friend? Well, you see, it all began one dark and stormy night at about 2 in the morning. My wife and I, being the weird night owls that we are, decided, hey, let's go on YouTube and watch some, like, attraction POV videos from, like, Universal and Disney. 
we go search that up and it maybe it was just luck maybe it was fate or just the youtube's algorithm but there was a video titled ghostbusters return to universal studios and we thought to ourselves what the hell is this is this really real and my gut instinct was have they returned is there a new ride there fast forward about seven to eight minutes later we see this gregarious gentleman all by his lonesome and universal just doing an incredible tour of the place giving some personal home video like stories about how he became acquainted with the theme park, why he had fond memories of it, most importantly, why Ghostbusters holds a big place in his heart. And for those of you who don't know, they, they had an attraction there at one point, right? Yes, they had the spooktacular Ghostbusters show that was there from basically a couple years after the park opened up until about 96, until the Twister ride took its place. But that was a good ride. I shouldn't say the Twister was fun, but it's not Ghostbusters. Exactly. And I think that that ride, I don't think it had like a Pepper's Ghost-like feature to it, but I know they had like actual puppets they used that were akin to what you saw in the movies. And Mm -hmm. it just had a very tactile, real feeling to it. And it made for just a really good show. And if you hear another ghost floating around here, it's some heavy breathing. That's my Labrador Hudson who's joining us for this episode. <laughs> he's such um, a good boy. He is a good boy. I think he's distracted, but that's okay. He can hang out with us. Yeah. So You like Ghostbusters, don't you, buddy? I play no ghost wolf. Hudson River. <laughs> and that's I honestly that's where we got the name from. That's so awesome. <clears throat> But bringing it back to pizza and Ghostbusters. In that first video we saw of Jay he was near the mummy attraction. I know exactly where this alleyway is that he went down to because as you're going towards, walking towards um, London where the Harry Potter and the Diagon Alley attraction is, there's a little cut through you can take on your right where our friend happened to get himself a a ginormous piece of like New York style pizza, planted himself on top of some, you know, movie prop looking crates and just, you know, just proceeded to film himself eating this heavenly slice and talking about, you know, how good it is and his thoughts about the day. And my wife and I saw that. We're like, you know what? This guy is either crazy enough or cool enough <laughs> that if we ever met him in real life one day, we'd probably be good friends with him. Crazy and cool. I don't know. I hope to, I'd, I'd like to think. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that logic continued for a number of weeks as we... What, if you hear crinkling in the background, Hudson has a ritual with after every ice cream cup that he eats, he shreds it to get to the bits at the bottom. Oh, yeah. Kind of like a human being going for the last bites of a snack pack, pudding pack. So It's actually very entertaining to watch. It is. <laughs> a lot of people think he tries to consume that, but you know, he's like the raptors from Jurassic Park. They remember. And once he gets to the end of that, he knows when to stop. <laughs> Onward from pizza and YouTube videos... That's how I met Tampa Jay. I learned of him in this video. And then fast forward a number of weeks, my wife and I got the courage to be like, hey, let's go see RoboCop. And that's where this friendship began. Yeah. And when you said RoboCop and Giggle Waters, I was in. I knew you guys were cool because I'd always wanted to go to Giggle Waters. And I could never find an excuse to go by myself. And then here you guys are hitting me up. And you want to see RoboCop of all movies because I'm not as big a fan as RoboCop as you are, but I've always loved that movie, and I thought that was that was awesome, and we had a good time that night, and 
I was so happy that you guys um, reached out to me and and um, Giggle Waters again just a just a great place to meet up yeah to meet new friends for the first time another shout out to them <laughs> their shot that they had the night the robo shot was pretty good oh, yeah. I, I remember you got a beers one I think yes. you actually got that yeah, like took, something Elysium something now you suggested it um, did you actually like that did it end up being pretty good that or? was good yeah okay really good I'd My, do it again Funny enough, I think I told you the dude who does the intro music for this show, yes. Eric LaForce, he's the one who introduced me to that beer and actually got me to try it the first time. Oh, thanks, Eric. So, thank you, Eric, indirectly. Yeah. I had a thought here, but I think that thought's fading. So That happens to me all the time. You know, <laughs> maybe that's my Walter Mittyism. So, is that appropriate for maybe going into this movie here, just the, the power of blanking out and imagination? Yeah, um, I do that all the time, and mm-hmm. I think that's um, why I related to the movie so much, because, I, I mean, a lot of people, I think, do. They daydream a lot, and, um, you know, they're just dreamers. We're all dreamers at heart, and I think, yeah, I think that's a great way to go into the conversation about Walter Mitty. I mean, that's, um, you know, that, that's something that always... Uh, hit home with me especially the first time I watched this movie was how much I could relate to him so and that's something I I before I give in get into giving accolades here some of you may not even know what who Walter Mitty is or what the secret life of Walter Mitty is and I actually learned a fun fact about the other night I I think there was a short story written about it first and then there was an old-timey movie right. that which I have seen I believe it was either back in high school and my beginning college years with film appreciation when that's how I learned of it and why I got so excited for mm-hmm. the Ben Stiller directed one yeah. coming out. I was like, holy cow, if they can take what was shown in that first film, which is actually really delightful. It's just a very, it really strikes a similar chord to this one, obviously, because they're telling a similar story, but there's a whimsy and an adventure to it that is present with Ben Stiller's version as well that really reels you in for an older movie well i'm glad you mentioned that because i actually haven't seen the original movie i know of its existence and prior to watching the movie for the first time the ben stiller version i knew that but i caught it on hbo the first time the first time i watched it and i kind of want to go back and of course i i want to go back and watch that original but i'm kind of scared to because i enjoy (laughs) the remake so much but being a you know a movie buff and everything Honestly, I, I don't know why I put it off this this far, just because I enjoy this one so much and I want to compare it. But you dig it, man. Like honestly, yeah. it's a very, they're they're similar enough, but not. And I think it's it's a simple film. And I think knowing knowing the enjoyment you got out of this one, it's a safe recommendation for any of you listening here. If you need a primer before watching the Ben Stiller one, but heck, I'd I'd say jump head first into the, the modern one that's been made and. Feel just feel the warmth and joy that comes from this film, yes, and yeah. without getting too much verbal diarrhea of my own going here. Obviously, if you're listening to this and you've never seen the film, spoiler warning. You know, I encourage anybody who listens to the show that when you see a film that we're going to talk about when I announce it on whatever social media page, go watch it. I you know I can't recommend that enough for anybody who is interested in the show and how we break down these films and yes and jay 
give a brief rundown of what this movie is about. This movie, to me, well, well, let's just talk about the movie, I guess, not to me, but basically Walter Mitty is just your average guy that goes to work every day, has a has a normal job in his reality, and he is forced with a, a big incident or no, what is it, um... No, it's like a, you can see it's like a life-changing event. Like a life-changing event. Yeah, I'm struggling with words here. Sorry. First podcast. <laughs> You're doing good, man. Thank you. And he is a negative asset manager for Life Magazine. And his job is to take the photo negatives and transform them for the covers. Well, he goes to work one day and there's this big changeover at work. They, they're firing people. There's new management. And his photographer, which is kind of like the guy that sends him photos, he sent him a photo and basically he could not find it. They call it negative 25. Mm -hmm. It was the 25th negative. And so he cannot find it. The new management is hounding him and he basically it forces him to go into an adventure where he is chasing this photographer around the world to get a clue um, on where exactly the negative went. Now, it in today's world, it, it would be easy. We call, you know, use our cell phone, hey, yeah. buddy. But this particular fellow, this photographer, he's very old school, which is Sean Penn, uh, Sean O'Connell in the movie. And he doesn't have a cell phone. He writes letters. He takes uh, photos on film still. And that's why he's the negative asset manager because he's the one that takes the negatives and blows up the photos to put on the Life magazine covers. But long story short, I don't want to go through the whole movie. This whole search for negative 25, this photo, sends him out on a huge risk and he goes on an adventure and to find this negative. And the whole story, I guess it kind of takes place there. I don't know if you want to elaborate more on that. I don't know if I'm... No, no, that's uh, great. Yeah. is The Secret Life of Walter Mitty to me is perhaps one of the most inspirational movies of my life and may ever will might can you say i i love i love vocabulary could you say it's like the the zenith of like inspirational yes. films for you yes it is sorry i'm a little i get a little nervous <laughs> <laughs> i want um yes it is one of the most inspirational films to me just because where i was in my life and that the adventure that walter mitty he went on it touched my life and inspired me more than any movie because I was in a point in my life where I kind of felt like Walter Mitty and I could relate to him. As we mentioned before, he zoned out, had daydreams, you know, was a daydreamer. And I felt like that if he wouldn't have lost this negative, which we found, we find a spoiler alert, we found out in the end, he didn't really lose it. It was with him the whole time. That search for that thing that went wrong sent him out onto an adventure would ultimately he found out that the whole reason that he needed to search for this was he needed to find himself and that's that's basically what happened in the end he finds himself as we know at the end of the movie because what happens um with what the quintessence of life what we were really was and that's that's a phrase used in the movie and it was negative 25 which in which was a photo of himself that's I would say that in rewatching the film just this past evening when Sean O'Connell 
writes a letter and has it hand delivered old school by like a right. like by a geriatric postal man the angry gentleman who's handling the company he, he was like um i hear there's a letter here and it was hand delivered and he just pauses awkwardly he's like by an old man in a hat he goes can i get that letter and he's like they, they bring it up to him and he proceeds to read it out loud and there's a phrase in it that really catches the guy sean o'connell calls this negative 25 the quintessence of life and since the magazine is going under and they're going to change to life online which i think is a kind of a jab that ben stiller gets across in the film about the film's kind of old now by a handful of years it's not like really old it came out in like the, uh, the i think 2015 i believe so I don't know if the time that the film takes place, it could be like in the earlier 2000s, but you don't see a lot of people using smartphones and whatnot. You see them using a lot of older flip phones. So it's, um, you can definitely tell that Ben Stiller is trying to portray over the course of Walter's adventure, his version of what the quintessence of life is and ultimately that is self-discovery, connection with your fellow man and woman, and having the courage to find community and to be around people instead of just finding life online completely mm-hmm. and exactly, yeah. you know, being segregated, disconnected, and you know, alone. And that's something as the film carries on with his adventure, he gets to wrestle with all the stuff. He he is alone during parts of his adventure. He is around great company and great people from different cultural backgrounds and countries and the film really does take on this gigantic adventure Mm -hmm. that from a mental health perspective is buttressed by his imagination and this is what makes this film unique i like how i like how as the movie progresses his imagination he start, you notice he starts daydreaming less. His imagination becomes reality because the more risks he takes and the people he meets and the places he goes, his confidence is kind of uplifting. You notice in the beginning of the movie, he's very clean-shaven. He's kind of shy. He doesn't know what to do. He's asking people on the phone for advice. During the end of the movie, he's been on all these adventures. He's very confident in his speech. Uh, he's got a beard. He's got a travel beard going. He's very rough and rugged. He's he's kind of he's kind of leaning towards Sean O'Connell at the end. The 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 guy that he he follows basically is I would say uh, his superior, um, mm-hmm. the photographer. But anyways, yeah. So you kind of see him transform, and I think that's how we can relate to anything in life. The more we take risk and we go beyond, we break yeah. our walls down. And we we do the things we're passionate about and love. The more we become confident in everyday people, we become happier, and that, that makes life you know a little more easier when we're doing the things we love. Yeah. So speaking of love, yeah, there is a there's another narrative through line of the film, and I'm blanking on the actress right now, Kristen Wiig, right. who plays Cheryl. Yeah, Cheryl Milhoff. Yeah, and in a rather subdued role for her. She just plays this delightful woman who happens to work at Life Magazine as well and is able to assist Walter on his journey in the film. But likewise, they're able to help each other out in a very healthy display, in my mind, of what love can look like when you take risks and reach out to like meet somebody and 
Yes. We find out early on, like the film literally opens up with Ben Stiller sitting, you know, it looks like in his apartment, <laughs> I love that working scene. on an eHarmony profile to find love online. Again, it's another life online component that the film displays in. He's looking at Cheryl's, you know, page and he tries to send her a wink. But of course, there's a technical glitch. And mm-hmm. really, it's this glitch that launches the entire adventure. And Pat Oswalt, I'm right, is right, the guy who plays the technical support on the other end, who he calls up. And they have a really colorful back and forth with each other over the course of the film where he's helping Walter build this profile. And because of the glitch with the first one, they kind of had to like scrap it and start anew. And so it's almost like a dynamic mm-hmm. resume that he builds over this film that right. gets all these qualities on there that he saw that Cheryl was interested in. Someone who's creative, adventurous, likes to get outdoors kind of thing. And, you know, it's, it's just enjoys life, in other words. I think that's what you can distill that down to. And Exactly. I think that's, for me, that's one of the most beautiful arcs of the entire film because by the end of it, rather than trepidation and being lost in his thoughts and not knowing what to say, he's able to be a gentleman, direct about his feelings, and, you know, you don't... The viewer doesn't know what happens with the two of them right. by the end of the it film. Really but really sets you just, it off right. It humanizes it, and you you realized it. that whole thing sums up basically what kind of man Ben Stiller is, and then it immediately sets off into his imagination about him rescuing the the three-legged dog there and it goes into those i love those dream sequences because it just it spins off into an imagination zone and it really pieces it together like you were saying just trying to accent that yes i really love that too and when he daydreams and this is something i was actually thinking about today i want to pull up the definition for it to make sure i get it right here but his daydreams are so powerful that you could always compare his blanking out that he has, but really he's lost some thought, like he's disassociating somehow. Yes. And this second time watching the film, for for those of you who don't know what a disassociation is, in the most simplest way that I can explain it, you are so deep in thought and in your brain that clear thinking and being present in the moment can really you really do blank out it's like you disappear and you disappear yeah elaborate on that a little bit why i get this definition here yeah well basically the times that it's happened to me (laughs) (laughs) there we go that works you're just sitting there and all of a sudden someone can be right in front of you having a total conversation but the moment they say something it like triggers something in your mind that's it do you mind if i interject something you go down a tunnel yes I'm glad you said trigger because disassociations can be, they can come from an array of emotional experiences that we have growing up. And a lot of times you hear the word trauma thrown in with that. Childhood trauma, adverse childhood experiences, ACEs for short, can oftentimes do a number on an individual's brain. So much so that the, how I see the biochemistry of it, but just the makeup of your brain can actually be altered in a way that can create something called a trauma brain. And this isn't something that's a forever thing. You know, we have neuroplasticity of the brain and 
some traumas take more time, I would say, especially if they're lifelong and prolonged, to like work through and to gain insight and help from professionals mm-hmm. and community. Hopefully I'm making sense with that. Am I making sense right now? Sounds good to me. All right. <laughs> You're making sense. And I can think for myself times where I've disassociated where because of accidents I've been in, now right. I'll get I'll get real here on the show here. Like some somebody tried killing me in my teenage years. Oh jeez. Did I ever tell you about this? No. This is my weird party party trick that I pull out every once in a while. Oh, okay, brace, yeah. brace yourself. So, truncated version of this is that I was riding a bike with a friend to go buy a CD at Target. That band literally broke up that week, and the CD never made it to shelves. The title of that record was Anyone for Doomsday, ironically enough. Wow. So, we're biking back from Target. We're going through a neighborhood... That has a main street that kind of parallels with it. We're, we're on the sidewalk right on that road. This These couple of dudes, I was going to say gentlemen, but they're not, came rolling up in this huge white truck with like the dual wheels on the back. I don't know if that's like a diesel Hemi or whatever you call it. Probably a dually. Yeah, and I just remember these guys screaming at us, if you ever do that again, we're going, Mm-mm, kill you kind of thing. And we're like, whoa. What'd you do? Well, my buddy is like, I can't remember what he said, but I, I, I think we were like, you're crazy, leave us alone. And they just sped off. Yeah. That's what kids would do. Yeah, leave us alone. Yeah, just leave us alone, man. Get yeah. out here. Well, there's a 7-Eleven down the road, not too much further from where we were at. And I noticed as we were pulling up to it on our bikes, we were just planning to ride by, that there were two rather big guys walking through the little drainage ditch that wasn't that deep and as we were passing by one of them reached out and grabbed my shirt oh, and like man. literally as i'm going by the like coattail on my shirt like goes through his hands and i'm like okay this is getting real right now if we've done something to bother these guys and to this day i jason i can't even tell you what that is it's one of those weird kind of like twilight zone moments if i can refer to that right. again you still don't know why no yeah and we kept on That's going crazy. down the road, and I, I got this weird instinct of, like, flight. We need to get out of here and get off this road. And my friend encouraged me just to, you know, bike faster. We were almost to his home, which was, like, a block or two away. And again, to this day, I don't know how I did hear this truck coming up behind me. Yeah. But they must have been doing somewhere in the vicinity of, like, had it been, like, 30 or 40 for how quickly they caught up in. I was riding my father's beach cruiser bike, and these guys did a dead-on behind me, like hit me for boom. And by then, when that happened, I got launched into the air. Oh no! Somersaulting through the air, I can bet. Like I remember going through. The only thing I remember at this point is, as I'm going through the air, I saw the vehicle swerve to the right in like a big arc to like try to like run over my friend as well, and he like ripped to the side quick enough that they kind of like missed him by the skin of his teeth from that point i just kind of like hit the ground and black out and so i remember waking up from that and thankfully and here's the crazy part man not to make this too dark dark and dour all i had was a bruise on my tailbone and some scrapes i landed on my helmet which i wasn't wearing at the time it was on the handlebars and i think i ended up like either grabbing it or like my chest landed on and split the whole thing in half wow that's not the typical way no, that's, a that's, helmet works. That's but how it, we don't use helmets. Yeah, and but it, it seems like it was a buffer. It was. That was a b- buffer for life. I went to the hospital that night, and you know they sent me back. With the, the, I think that I remember my dad saying the doctors were dumbfounded based off the story that they heard that I hadn't broken a bone. Wow. And so it was just a bruised tailbone. That was it. Well, that, that's traumatic, that whole thing. Just a random act of... Mm-hmm. violence towards some kids and 
I can imagine. Wow, I'm glad you're okay, man. That's so dissociations, scary. though. Exactly. So if I was in a full-fledged conversation and I said something that reminded you of that, mm-hmm. you would have zoned out like Walter Mitty, man. Yeah, it can cause an emotional yeah. trigger for some people. Yeah. And I, I'm going to try to be careful on the show not to go into like heavy, heavy triggers for anybody who's listening. But yeah, you know that's mental health for you, though. Life events can have very they can leave very powerful imprints on us and literally you laugh at this but the reason i brought this up was walter mitty we find out lost his father early on in the film at 12 years old well papa john's (laughs) when uh in the film we we find this out when um i believe he was in greenland at the end of walter mitty gave up on his look for sean o'connell in the movie he was sitting at a payphone outside of Papa John's and he calls to Cheryl Milhoff to give him the news that he didn't find Sean and he seems a little sad and he he begins to tell Cheryl that basically his dad passed away and I think it was something he was telling him about the haircut and that's when he tells him that he went and got a haircut and got a job at Papa John's and it was during the time that his father had passed away and he looks down at the, I believe he was looking down at the plate or something, but that was the trigger, was the Papa John's. And mm-hmm. he saw that because after Walter had passed away, or after Walter's father had passed away, he went and got a job. And, and he gave up on his dreams. And he, and he gave had up on his dreams, yeah. To be a skateboarder and like a kind of like a punk kid who apparently had talent. Yeah. He won some like tournaments or whatnot when he right, was a Right, he was kid. a good skateboarder. And um, I love that scene where... Um, when they're in the park and Cheryl's son is a skateboarder and Cheryl's back is turned against Walter and Walter's over there doing some ollies and all that mm-hmm. but he never he never told Cheryl that he was a skateboarder he was just showing her son how to skateboard and I thought that that kind of showed a lot about Walter he didn't he didn't like boast about what he could do and I think and we found out later that that whole thing was because he gave up his dream because of his father's death and that all came together there in that scene and it was pizza mm. that kind of did it and just kind of put all that together too um Power, powerful right yeah it's very all powerful. over a piece of pizza yeah <laughs> and that now that we're talking about this like i i'd written down a bunch of quotes while i was watching the film and you know, I think, you know why I think the note didn't save? My iCloud storage is out on my phone. Oh, no, that'll so do it. That's what it is. And so, but there's a line that Sean says at the end when Walter finally catches up to him and literally has to scale the Himalaya, Himalayas to get line. there. I know where you're getting. And he goes, he's like, Sean, you know, things that are beautiful don't draw attention to themselves. Or like something to that effect, like something that's beautiful doesn't need a show in neon light, you know, saying, look at me to get your attention. And Walter, when you think about his spirit and what he has to offer, Cheryl right. and her kid, like the guy is the quintessence of beauty, of like right. having a humble and giving yeah. heart. And in that moment, it parallels that line because her back was turned to him and there was a beautiful moment happening. Yeah. But Walter didn't feel the need to be like, Cheryl, you really need to... I'm going to teach exactly. your kid something to and, get brownie points. And the her. film showed that because of the camera angle and everything. Yeah. And um, Can he really th- skate? Can Ben Skiller... Like, I, ben, I, ben Skiller. <laughs> <laughs> it's a skill. Ben Skiller. That's a good skate name. 
Um, no, I don't know. I don't think so. I think that was probably like a stunt double because you don't really like see him. his face. It did with look the like longboarding him. scene in particular. But there's Hollywood tricks you can do that yeah. where a truck could have been towing him, kind of thing. And yeah, and I, I love that scene. Back to that scene where they're in the Himalayas and Sean, you know, being a creator and um, this movie kind of spawned my creativity to start my YouTube channel. This movie's inspired me like no other. But back to the part where Sean's taking the picture of the ghost cat. And the ghost cat finally appears, and this is like some rare cat that you never see in the Himalayas, and that's why Sean's up there taking the the photographer's taking a photo of the cat, and the cat comes out, and Sean grabs Walter and says, "Hey, look at it, look at it, look at it," and then they sit there, and Sean's not taking the photo, and Walter looks at Sean and says, "Aren't you going to take it?" And Sean says, basically, he says, "Sometimes I don't want the distraction of the camera to get in the way," and I, I, that spoke I to me. I just want to be in it. I just want to be in it. Exactly. When there's a moment, I just want that. That's like the one big thing I remember from that. And like, if nothing else, what this movie is really trying to put in your face, especially from a mental health perspective with Walter, is that he learns through exposure therapy of like facing his fears and incremental bits over the course of the film that he can be in it and he can thrive through it and not have to like resort to like live in a a whimsical inner life right yes how often have you found like if you you don't mind me asking like how old are you i'm about to be that's a good question is that i I think once you turn no once you turn 30 you you start um 30 i'm gonna be 33 i'm 32 man i forget that morning i'm gonna be 34 in december yeah so it's like once you hit 30 you just stop it's like i i forget like i forgot like i stopped keeping track the other day I thought I was 31 and, and I did the math and I was, oh yeah, I'm 32. It's like newsflash, kid. <laughs> it's all right. How often do you find yourself reverting because of like stress in life or things that you've gone through to like that daydreaming kind of like escapism that Walter does? How, oh. It sounds like you've worked through a lot of that, but do you still find those moments? Oh yeah, all the time. You know, because, you know, I, I'll get, I won't go too much into my personal life, but I went through I went through some things a couple of mm-hmm. years ago, life-changing events, you know, and, you know, there's still things I think about all the time that I'm just, I'm gone and all of a sudden two or three minutes have gone by and I don't know where I was, you know, just like you said, like the things that trigger you with the bike accident or the, the situation, the traumatic incident you had, it happens. And so that's one, again, that's why I really related to the movie and guy going out on adventures. I was in a point in my life where I felt like I could never be Walter Mitty you know, and I wanted that, and that saddened me that, you know, I was in a bad, basically I was in a bad marriage, bad relationship, not not necessarily bad, but unhealthy, you know, and not just me, and I think the other person was too, and I just felt like adventures were dead to me, like I could never do that, and, um, you know, this movie spoke to me so many levels, I won't say it's the main reason why I started being more creative, but it did... It did help me, you know. It gave me a vision, a catalyst of sorts. A catalyst, yeah. Seeing Walter Mitty do those things, and and the whole quintessence of life at the end, where he looks at negative twenty five, and you see that it was he was searching for himself the whole movie, literally and figuratively. Like that was that was Sean Connell's negative. It was a picture of Walter, and that. That right there, I mean, I, I had tears going down my eyes when that all came together at the end. But that, that's, 
I don't know. That just really resonated to me, and it made me feel like, man, I need to take risks. I need to, I need to, I need to do what I've always wanted to do, and I need to, I need to be, I need to get out of this situation basically, and just live my life. That's one reason why it, it kind of resonated with me. I hope this is making sense. No, your 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 story is important, man, and that's like. Yeah. For me, and yeah, we're on a podcast and recording this crap and whatnot, but it's not crap, it's good. I value what you have to say and with the people I talk to on the show. Yeah. Like, the reason I reach out and I'm doing this is because this is this whole podcast, man. I'm, I'm probably going to say this every episode. It's an ability for me to escape the garbage I have in my life, the stuff that Dude. the stuff that I can't yeah. see, see beyond, and that's why it's a social experiment. And that's. That, I'm glad you said that. I didn't mean to uh, go more off into what my experience, but that's exactly what YouTube was for me. Starting my channel mm-hmm. was an escape from my reality, and YouTube was actually my negative 25. It was the thing that sparked my adventure that helped me get through my situation. So I think this is really cool what you're doing here, man. I really, I really dig the movie talk and all that because we both love movies, and uh, I can relate to that, but the whole... I, the escape I can understand that tremendously and I think this is this is something cool you got going here and I I uh <laughs> oh man I can uh I can talk all day I'm sorry you can go ahead <laughs> no it's alright yeah I say, I say I say that all the time because like I'm one of my passions is giving I love giving or helping people. It's not something I give. It's something I co-labor with people to help them find agency and confidence in how they talk about stuff. And that's something on a familial friend-friend level. It's something I appreciate about you, Jason, because when we met you that first night and we yeah. saw RoboCop, that's something you could have said hell no to. You, you, you could have run that off in so many ways and thought these are just you know two creepy people and we still may be murderers. You don't know. This could just be the biggest bait and switch of your life. I'm joking. We're not. Um, Is that a knife right there? I do have a knife in oh, my pocket no. here, but no, I don't have it. It's one for my dad. But oh. Hudson's here. He, he would protect you. I can't I'm, pull anything. Are you kidding me? So I have a sixth sense with it. I th- I'd like to think I do when it comes to character, but you guys are so sweet. And I knew, I knew right from the start the way you guys wrote to me and shared. And I saw that we had similar taste in music and movies i'm like i'm gonna get along. i'm like i'm gonna get along with these guys great so i was very happy that you guys invited me out that night i'm glad you did because i i feel like this is uh this is gonna be a long friendship here it's we're always i, I concur with that man yeah. there's weird there's weird people you meet and i can think of a handful and, and they're in recent years and now you included in that i'm life. the weird one here i'm like oh these these guys want to hang out with a weird person like me this is cool <laughs> But it's the confidence in your videos that you project and that the escapism, using it in a good sense of the word yes. there, of you making these videos and meeting up with other content creators and going to theme parks and roadside attractions and conventions. And I think something that you don't realize, or maybe you do, and you can call me out if I'm wrong on this, but like you have so much joy you give to people when you do this stuff and i think you discredit yourself in a lot of your videos sometimes i see you're like oh man i don't know if this was that good or oh i hope thank you guys and you know i think that's why people tune in to watch your stuff it's that cocktail of like 
innocence and humility that you put that you inject in that and i can see the walter mitty in you at that in the videos that you end up making are your sean o'connell ghost cat moments pretty much every time where you're able to scale the himalayas and make something find the time amidst the job you're working and you know yield some life-giving content that you know it may not be for everybody, but the yeah. people who do partake, and I know you've told me as much, you have people who, who engage with a lot of the videos you put out, so that's just further proof in your yeah Papa John's pudding right there. <laughs> yeah, that's that was so well said, man. Yeah, and I like to think, I appreciate that. I like to think that's uh, that people enjoy the videos, and, and it makes me feel good when they say that, because yeah, sometimes I do, you know, I'll, I'll make a video, and I'm like, oh man... You know, I wish I would have done this better. And then I always have people that reassure me in the, just, you know, in the comment sections and they say what they liked about the video. And, you know, that's definitely, that's definitely rewarding to hear. And yeah, thank you. I, I definitely have the best of times just going out there and, and putting things together. And, you know, like I always tell people, it's, it's not about me making the videos. It's about you coming with me and me sharing the moments with all of you. And I just hope that I can keep it entertaining, of course, but also I just, I do things that I, I like, I try to do that. I don't want to go do something just because I think it's going to get like a lot of views or anything Mm -hmm. like that. I want to make sure I can always relate to the topic and give my own spin on it. And yeah, I just, and sometimes I, I hate it and sometimes I love it. Sometimes the video will do really good and I'm like, oh, I don't like that video. Why did it do so good? Sometimes... You know, I just, I, I just, um, I make a video and it's like, oh, I, I think this one will do well and it won't do well at all, you know, but like I just said, it's just, it's just something I enjoy doing and I'm happy that I've, it's brought me so many connections like this one, like you and I, and I made so many friends just because, you know, I started a YouTube channel and again, back to when I needed it the most in my life, it was my quintessence of life. It was... It was my negative 25, and that's why well, that movie resonates with me so much. I mean, the first New York City trip I went to make YouTube videos, I went to the Life Building. It was under construction, but I went there on Fifth Avenue, and I, I traced down the steps that Walter Mitty took because it meant so much to me. And actually, I, I put some that. of the location in the end of the video. It's it's uh, it's up there on the channel, The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. Um, Is that now? educate me and i yeah. apologize for interrupting you no it's okay that's a real building there yeah so the life building it's i don't think it's not really the life building forgive me if i'm wrong um i just knew it was from the movie i matched it up in the scene and i saw where he walked and mm-hmm. the fountain you see across from 30 basically that's that's across from um Rockefeller center on fifth avenue you'll see the fountain that has the um um the fa- the chase building right there and he sits there and he gets the phone call um walter does and i forget who's calling him. i think it's cheryl but anyways he's sitting there yeah i, I found those new york city filming locations because it meant so because the movie meant so much to me i wanted to sit where walter mitty did because that inspired me and every time i fly i think i was telling you this every time i fly on an airplane i have walter i have the movie on my phone and i watch it and it just that adventure is what I feel is like I I'm feeling inspired like like I'm taking risks because before I did YouTube I was very sheltered and in my life and I didn't do much and I felt like I kind of went after my my quintessence there YouTube how ironic is it though where 
in the best possible sense here, you have found life online where I think a lot of times we can malign that and butcher it for our own purposes and yeah can oh, what's the word I'm looking for um, we can discombobulate it to such a way where rather than it being life giving it's life taking yeah. and that's something that in watching the videos you make and a point that I wanted to hit on while you're talking about you know how you found the quint- the quintessence with this stuff and how you try to inject that into each video the Walter Mittyisms that you bring in to each location you go to and the way you talk to, to people is that you really foster an atmosphere of intimacy that is not grandiose or pompous with the way you try to do your videos. And that's the reason why, and this isn't to knock other YouTubers and other people out there, but you can tell when certain creators are operating from a place of authenticity and... Yeah. Maybe when they're not so much. And that's something with Jay. Anytime I watch a video from him, it's just, it's, it's weird in a good way that, like, you can watch that stuff and be, like, it's life giving and fun. And that's, that's, I think, the most I can ask out of, like, art and entertainment sometimes. Keeping in the spirit with, like, Walter Mitty here. If nothing else in my existence and why I'm doing this show, is I want to create atmospheres and places like that to have conversations with people to hear about their life. And at the end of the day, honestly, I love movies, but this podcast is, is less about the movie and more about right. the individual I'm speaking to. And that's why I'm like, I'm glad you can piece the stuff together. Weirdly enough, not to sound like hypocritical, that's a word. Mm-hmm. I'm a movie location connoisseur like you. I love talking about the ins and outs of movies and, you know, all the stuff with it. I, I say that about this podcast, but at the same time, there's plenty of room for, for the all the all the good stuff that comes to talking about movies and so. Right. There's so much writing that line in there. Yes. Yeah. I really, I really uh, appreciate any talk about movies because I love them so much. But this right here, um, the ability to break it down and relate it to mental health and everything it's something that when you mentioned it and you told me about um what you were doing with your podcast and i i thought yes i'm like i'm glad someone's doing that because that is so important being from someone that um coming from someone like myself that watched movies their whole life and tried to relate themselves in it and used it as kind of like a you know just a, a guidance like i that's what I did. And, you know, if I was sad, I watched a movie. If I, I had a great day, I rewarded myself. I went home and watched a movie. It was just so important to me. I never really thought about it, um, it being talked about in the way that you presented your podcast to me that night we met. I was like, oh, that's such a good idea. You know, like, I think a lot of people would really can relate to that. And no one's really speaking about those kinds of things. And I, I just want to thank you for having me here and you know talking about movies which is one of my favorite things to do and you know this has been fun secret life of walter mitty again you know like i don't know if we've expressed it enough like how i know like go out and see the movie for yourself you know and see how you respond to it and how you can relate to it in your life and see if it it sparks an adventure in you it most certainly sparked an adventure in me and it it inspired me i think is the better word mm-hmm. it inspired me you know to take, take action take action be creative 
And, you know, it was, it was there, it was in, inside of me, but it was just in, something that, that helped. Can I, can you mind if I add something to that? Yeah. It's your podcast. <laughs> I, I, I have these moments too where we're talking, I hear all this stuff and I'm taking it in, but my brain still manages to like blink, blink out on points I want to make. Oh, but yeah. like, one of the things I hope anybody who's listening to this particular episode is like, if you do struggle with like meeting new people or getting out there and going and being in public, you know, spaces and places or just like feeling human, if that's the best way I can put yes. it, like, don't let movies like this or our conversation put you off from taking that first step. I know The Secret Life of Walter Mitty is like, it's such a grand adventure in the span of like, you know, a couple hours, you see this huge trans- transformation take place. But we all know that for many of us, when we take the Hollywood side of things away, that change is a, is a marathon of a, of a race. And exactly. sometimes it can be baby steps. Like where Walter Mitty... Literally, after being told by his evil boss, go get that negative 25. All right, next time I see you, what are you going to have? I'm going I'm to have negative 25. I want to hear you say it. <laughs> that guy's such a prick. Oh, uh, yeah. And Adam, what's his name? Oh, I can't think He's of from it. Parks and Rec. It's the funniest thing about him. He plays Amy Poehler's book yeah. boy. And the guy's, the guy's a Walter Mitty in that, in that show, essentially. So yes. Seeing the, that guy, that's a good testament to his acting. But He's so good in that role. You really hate him. You hate him, <laughs> but for Walter, it served as that impetus, his call to arms to take action. And for anybody out there who's listening, like, not that I'm trying to be all like, you know, sappy mental health guy here, but like, realize that you finding that spark like Walter finds is just by like, I need to get teary eyed about this right now. Yeah. You talk for a second. I need to regain my composure. <laughs> hey. Actually, wait, I think I just got it. Okay, I'm, you got it. You got it. I think it's like, exposing yourself to different scenarios and places and people that you think that you can't go be around but even if that means you just have to go sit somewhere and you're not talking to people like in my mind that's where like i've had to push myself to get out of my comfort zone because i hate going places by myself you know the fact that i could sit here and do this and work as a mental health counselor and talk to strangers all day long yes it's amazing to me that i can even function much less you know co-labor with people for them to find their own definition of wellness and so for me if i have to say that's why this movie touches me on a deep level especially the end when walter's looking at that the negative 25 which is a photo of him and it's it's a photo that is an immediate reflection of all of us life you know the quintessence of life is the people who make it and that goes beyond the magazine but Yes. For all of us who are moment makers, who try to like live in the here and now and not like get lost in the, the darkness of this world, right. if you will. It, it's an equality moment. It shows that basically we're all equal. It, it, that's what it, another thing, exactly what you said to, just said. That's, that's what I felt too. And, and that's why we got so emotional at the end. But it's like, here it is the whole time, this something, this huge magazine, and he was the negative asset manager and it just shows that every role in life is just as important as the guy out there taking the photo and that's something or the you know the angry boss or whatever it all it just all came together at the end the quintessence of life he was not only searching for himself the whole searching for the photo the whole movie but the photo is actually him 
I don't know. It was just like that, that too. It was just like you're searching for yourself, dude. And, and you found yourself at the end. And you literally look at yourself. You look at 25 and it was you the whole time. And I, I would challenge anybody it, who's listening to this. Not saying that I want you to go watch Smoothie and Cry or something. But like, yeah. I challenge you like not to feel something when you see the end of that film. And to not see yourself in that reflection. Because to me, that is a testament to powerful filmmaking and of all people, I know Ben Stiller can, at least in my mind, he's kind of like Andrew W.K., the musician. Mm-hmm. The guy gets a, a sometimes if like a bad rap for being like, you know, Mr. Funny Man. But he really does have some acting and directing chops that are to be reckoned with. And yes. his mother, sure. I, I'm just remembering this, when you see that yes. photos with him the whole time, you know... He gets so frustrated at one point that he chucks this wallet, which was a gift from Sean O'Connell that had the motto of life on the inside of it. And he throws it in a wastebasket at his mom's, you know, new apartment. And this this part really hit me this morning, too, because it shows you, you know, this isn't always the case. I have to be careful with this. Like, our, our parents are a mixed bag, depending where we come from. And that story can look radically different for some of right. you listening right now. But when you find an adult who cares, let me move it away from parents. When you find a mentor, someone who could walk alongside you and care, like Walter's mom does for a moment here. Oh, Walter, I keep all your Walter trinkets. I, I took it out of there and put it in this box. Right. It's such a, an, like a mom thing kind of to do, but or a person that cares. And she cared enough yes. that it helps them solve the puzzle because what is in this wallet after he ends up talking to <laughs> to Sean O'Connell, he's like, Walter, why would you throw that wallet away? I don't know. I just got angry and I chucked it. I put negative 25 yeah. in the pocket of that wallet. It said in the note, look inside. Well, Sean, I thought you meant that you'd like, look inside the letter. And Walter, because he was so, I would say consumed with himself at the moment in his own anxiety why would you do that, that why, why would you do that i was just trying to be playful too playful <laughs> and so but that's the macguffin of the whole movie ends up being this wallet with the negative 25 in it and when he takes it back to that boss and puts it on his desk what's the line that the guy says to him earlier on you know put that on a plaque hang it at your next, next job. job i want to drop an expletive here like i there's a party that hates that guy when he does that. If you've ever had so a horrible boss moment, you will love this scene. <laughs> and what does Walter say to him at the end, though? He, he re- walks up to that guy. He repeats the line. And, like, puts negative 25 on the table. Yeah. Hasn't even looked at that thing. You know what? I know you're trying to do your job and that you, you're answering to your boss. And he's, you gotta, you got to do what you got to do. But, you know, you don't have to be such a dick about it. Put that on a plaque and hang it up at your next job. And he just turns it, like, with full confidence. Like, the guy's a freaking phoenix at this point. Mm -hmm. And he walks out of that boardroom. And, like, this is where the film... Like, I I would, like, as crazy as it sounds, I want a sequel to this film in some ways. I know, right? I would love to see what happens to him and Cheryl. And, like, some of the adventures they go on. And, like, Ben Stiller, if you're listening to this, like, the power that you and Kristen Wiig could have and, like, impacting people around you and like and they have i mean this movie i think i don't think we're alone here i think this movie has a big following like that i mean it's it 
yes, Ben Stiller, if you're listening to this, thank you because I'm not. I know I'm not alone. I mean, I feel like this is one of those movies that went way underrated. It, you know, as far as um, one of the most inspirational films of all time. I'm just gonna say it. <laughs> that's my opinion, but that's you're, why we're here, and I'm gonna say it. And you're entitled to that, though. Yeah. That's that's the same. Why I say safe place when we talk yeah. about this first episode. I told people you don't have to like everything we're going to talk about. And like, damn it, people, allow people to like things, and if you don't like it, yeah. that's fine. Just like carry on, and like life online. If I could harp on a point here. We don't have to be so evil to each other all the time. No, don't we? I hate that. You know, we are as a people. I think I don't want to get too far into that, but yeah, yeah it's like I wish. I think we used to be more kind. I don't know. I, personally, I think we could be more kind to each other about opinions and sharing opinions and being whatever honest. it is, politically, uh, religiously, whatever. I I like. I think that you know. I think we should be more kind to each other about each other's opinions. You can cut that part out. <laughs> no, yeah, but you—you you said nothing there that's remotely offensive. What yeah. you said is, I'm choosing to be human and to like yes. latch on to the quintessence of life, which is, cough, cough, people. Let's be kind to each other, right, at all times. Respect each other, yes, and not and not let the hurts in our lives be an excuse to hurt other people. Yeah, and there's there's never a time or place for that. So I know there's ways from a mental health perspective that we can. We can have grace and empathy with that and understand where people are coming from, but there's always room to work with that and to like improve our character and habits and bite-sized bits. And yeah, speaking of bite-sized bits, do you want to get some Kathy's pizza? Dude, I'm starving. I'm really hungry. <laughs> did you huh? say pizza? Did you, did you say pizza? I'm on my way. I smell ice cream. Yeah. This is like, like I've lost track of time here, and I actually think this is a good place for us to pause here. Yeah. We're cresting I'm, right over I'm sorry if we're going long. This is, uh, I've no, had... this is perfect right now. Yeah. You you're, you're a good man. You got nothing to apologize for, Walter. <laughs> I so. hope I'm doing, uh, doing well for my first podcast, and thank you again for having me, man. I couldn't wait to get here. I hope so you get to is... be on more, man. Anybody who's listening yeah. to this right now, like, where 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 can people find you right now? Like, give it. I want you to plug your social media so people can find your work. Well, basically, Tampa J on YouTube. Um, if you want to go check out the channel, just subscribe to Tampa J. You can Google it. Uh, I also am Tampa J on Instagram. Um, I do a lot there. I have Facebook where I basically replicate everything I do on Instagram to Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, if. I go on adventures and I take my camera with me and that means you come with me too. So I love movies, film, movies and film have a lot of influence on my life. So a lot of my videos have something to do with filming locations or topics and also theme parks, um, such as universal studios. So yeah. Um, that, that's me plugging that. <laughs> there you go. And like I'll, I'll endorse that. Like, if yeah. you enjoy any of that stuff and you've never, if you've never part, have partake, partook, you know, partaken in the, right. the YouTube community of like people who do and, adventure videos and explorations, like this is a good place to start. Thank you for explaining that. I'm so YouTube centered because that's all I do besides, um, you know, work every day. Yes. YouTube, there's a, there's a world on YouTube, which I found where people go out and they video log everything they do not not everything but they do they they capture the things they love and they put it up 
on YouTube and there's a whole community of loving people that watch each other's videos like they don't they cut their cable on TV they they decided they were going to create their own entertainment and be a part of their own uh, um basically television basically it's kind of like the ultimate reality TV and and what I do is along with a lot of other people before me and that do it better you know I go out and I I capture those things that I love is theme parks and again movies and all that and just exploring my everyday life like in Tampa Bay like I'll go out and get a cup of coffee I'll probably throw that in the video you know I'll take my dog for a walk nitro cold brew usually nitro cold brew yeah we have similar taste in coffee yeah. great taste in coffee yeah <laughs> but yeah sorry I didn't mean to interrupt no but yeah that's Tampa Jane like the best nutshell that you, you can get right there and <laughs> when I say I endorse that like I really don't spend much time on YouTube outside of like I'm a huge computer guy. I enjoy computer games. I do watch a lot of stuff on Destiny 2 and I don't know how to build computers and stuff like that. Yeah, but when I cool, do, man. when I make the detour to watch videos like his, it's usually him and some of his buddies that I've discovered through social media. To that end, though, those of you who have not had a ghost cat moment, like they talk about at the end of Walter Mitty, my challenge for you this week, especially if you struggle finding comfort in being on your own or finding moments to like appreciate life get out there and do something small even if it's taking a walk by yourself or taking a moment to sit and reflect on something you're thankful about or grateful about i I think jay will probably agree with me on this but one of the things that him and i strive for is to live our lives from a place of gratitude rather than comparison and Longing, And I think when you progressively take a moment out of every day to reflect on this stuff and to find thankfulness, like thanks and gratitude for the people and things around you, it's not hard to have an adventure like Walter Mitty. I actually think it's really simple when you start with those baby steps, as we mentioned, and literally get on a plane and go to Iceland, Greenland, and all these fantastic places. Right, yes, that's a... That's a big step, but yeah, it all starts with baby steps. I mean, there could be a coffee shop on the corner you've never been to, and mm-hmm. who knows what could happen if you just walk down there and order a cup of joe, you know? Do you mind if I copy you on something really quick here? Copy all the way. I'm... Uh, this, this, is just, just, this is just to like give us a... Yeah. You're valued, you're loved, thank you for listening. I hope you come along for some more of these. Love all and love always. There we go. That's that's something I always say, and it's just something I. That's how I feel inside. I feel like everyone should be everyone's loved, and they they should always love. And it's hard to do sometimes, and uh, you know. But we got to take the good things out of our day and try to make those the most important parts. You know, because you never know. You know, we could not be here tomorrow. You you, you might say hello to someone today you never see him again. So mm-hmm. that's why I say love all. Love always, and I take that from heart, from my experiences of my regrets and the things that may have happened in my life, and I, I take that and I want to project that because I mean that with all my heart. You know, you never know what's going to happen tomorrow, so make sure those things that are important to you today, make sure you carry those with you, and especially the ones you love too. Do you know it's important to me, and I'll probably carry with me tomorrow? What's that? Five five pounds of like Chicago style pizza we're about to eat. <laughs> I was gonna say what the leftovers? No, that's not gonna happen. So, <laughs> we're gonna eat it all. 
That's funny. Folks. Then I, I feel like I'm being like Mr. Jokey here and you're having a good moment there. But thank you. Thank you very much for listening to this third episode of Psycho Social Cinema. If you would like to support the work we're doing, much like I believe Jay has one too. You have a Patreon of your own, don't you? I do have a Patreon, yes. That's another Tampa Jay. <laughs> so please yes. go check him out if you enjoy the work he's doing. And if you enjoy this podcast in any capacity, your support means the world to me, especially the people who are out there already supporting it. Um, by name, I know Stephanie, Ellery, and Adam. Adam, of whom has his own podcast, with Cinema Madness. Please go check them out. Him, him, and his gang of merry bandits make a mean show every Friday, awesome. and it's something I do my best to listen to every week. If you want to engage with us at all, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. It's Psychosocial Cinema, and as always, the sonic airwaves that pipe through your ears at the beginning and the end are produced by. Porcelain Backsplash, who has a Halloween album coming out this October, so please keep an eye on Spotify for that. Eric, you're a gem of a person. Thank you for doing what you do. On that note, I'm going to say I'm hungry. I want to go eat some pizza. I want to say that too, and thank you, Jonathan. You are welcome. Pizza, pizza. Thanks for listening, guys. Adios. Watch your head.